Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. I'm Chris Forwardell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how are you? Well, uh, I mean, good and bad. Good okay. and bad. We've had good news in some sports, bad news in others. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's sports. That's pretty much where we're at here. Well said, <laughs> sports. Uh, so the bad news is the Flyers advanced in the playoffs, and we have to hear about the Flyers more. Uh, and the good news is the Phillies are terrible, and base- they'll be done sooner than expected. Uh, well, the bad news was the Flyers did advance and then got absolutely shellacked in game one last night, or whatever day you're listening to this, Monday. Um, uh, the bad news, or the good news is the Sixers partially moved on to trying to right the franchise, uh, and the Phillies just stink. I'm, I'm just expecting nothing but the worst. The Phillies do stink. I, I expect, like, I feel like... I, I get shades of those old process Sixers teams with this year's Phillies bullpen, where it's just we're gonna keep trying player after player after player after player after player after player after player until we find somebody who's kind of okay. Yeah, absolutely. They just just keep bringing in you know as much mediocre talent as possible until somebody has like three good games in a row. I, I was reading. I do read a uh, Phillies message board uh, fairly regularly, and. I was reading people were like really upset about trading Nick Pavetta. And I don't oh understand that because while like theoretically Nick Pavetta has really good stuff, it's never manifested in really good performance. Someone, it, when that trade happened, someone phrased him as a media da- or a, an analytics darling. Yeah. Buddy, uh, th- hmm. this is the reason I don't believe in analytics. This guy stinks. Absolutely flat out stinks. Every time he's out there, he gives up a thousand runs. He almost blew like a 12 run lead by himself in a game a couple of weeks ago. Like it, uh, you can't, you can't tell me that analytics is the answer in this situation. Like you just can't. You can't be sure that he didn't have money on that game. I, fine. <laughs> That's fine. Maybe trying, a, a, trying to compensate for some of that lost salary this year. Yeah. Pete Rose, Nick Pavetta's situation. One and the same. A lot of people have said that. But you touched on the fact that the Philadelphia 76ers have moved on from longtime head coach Brett Brown, previously the longest tenured head coach in Philadelphia sports. That title now falls to Doug Peterson. I'm I'm conflicted about this because obviously, obviously it was time to move on. Brett Brown is an outstanding human being and clearly the exact right person to do the job he was originally hired for. It's just that he... That job had changed, and he hadn't changed with it. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I think you're going to be kind of shocked here in, in my real reaction to this. Uh, it, 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 Brett obviously had his flaws, yep. but I don't think he was helped out by the situations he was put in. You are, Yes, in-game you can criticize Brett Brown a thousand percent across the board, mm-hmm. but he was given the wrong pieces to the puzzle constantly uh, in this in this you know in that seven years 
Uh, I mean, you could throw out the first four years. They were a complete joke. The franchise was a laughing stock. Uh, but you're wrong, and he wasn't actually given the wrong pieces all of those years. I can't believe I found myself making the argument that I was earlier, but the one person who really got it in terms of talent acquisition was Big Collar Brian himself. Uh, yeah? Why is that? Every move Colangelo made was to surround the best two players on this team with shooters. And that stopped after he left. It then became a want and desire to acquire stars. Well, now, star pe- pe- people knock that. Uh, look, Colangelo obviously had his faults. The whole burner oh, thing. Really? Not not <laughs> great. Not a great look. But but he understood how to build a team around, the, around his two stars. And this goes back. Look at that. Look at that uh, season 2017 or 2018. I forget which one. They all blur together now. When they went on that 23-game winning streak off the back of Ilyasova and Bellinelli as buyout guys. They understood the value of surrounding these players with shooters. And then he got fired. And even the Fultz trade. The Fultz trade, as we have said on the show a million times, didn't work out a thousand percent the right move at the time. But... uh, He's, he surrounded everybody with shooters as soon as he was gone, and by the scumbag human being, obviously, but as soon as he was gone, the onus became, let's find that third and fourth star. That's what led to the Jimmy Butler trade. That's what led to the Tobias Harris trade, etc. Yeah, absolutely. It became, oh, well, other teams win by having the big three. We have to get our own big three. And you consistently made, eh, not the wrong moves. I mean, the Butler, the Butler thing worked. I mean, you went mm-hmm. to game seven of the second round and lost on a buzzer beater. Uh, what are yeah. you going to do? And the value um, really isn't bad. At the end of the day, you traded Robert Covington and Dario Saric for Josh Richardson and and a, a half-year rental of Jimmy Butler. That's pretty good value. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're not... I, I can't take anything away from that that move and the push to, to try to win now. Um, it's the parts after that that follow that really kind of hurt. And uh, listen, I've been a staunch you know, Brett Brown is the reason this team stinks forever mm-hmm. uh, guy. And, and I don't, I don't like shy away from that, but I also don't think the last year, especially this season was particularly on him. It's just, it's impossible to put all the blame on him for this. My issue is that, you know, guys don't know how to perform if they don't know what their role is game in and game out. And roles were so constantly changing on this team you know, all of a sudden, you know, look, just look at the playoff series against Boston. We go from Neto doesn't play to Neto's the sixth man and first guy off the bench. There's no rhyme or reason to the substitutions. It seems like there was too much of a desire to make the square peg fit into the round hole with the Embiid Horford situation, although that loosened up a little bit at the end. We decided we're going to take our best initiator and turn him into a power forward, only for him to get hurt. And, you know, basically, Brett Brown decided instead of playing all-star Ben Simmons at point guard, which a position he went, as I said, to the all-star game for playing, we were going to play a second-year, second-round pick, a guy taken 54th overall in the second round. I mean, you can't it's, – it's, it's – you're trying to mix it up because of how poorly the team had, part- uh, you know, had, had functioned. I mean, you're overreacting to the shake game against the Clippers before coronavirus, you know. But why is shake on the ball? He's not a passer. That's the you see him play. He's not an initiator. He's at best like a secondary ball handler and complementary initiator. He's not a primary initiator. 
We because we don't know what to do with Ben. We don't know how to utilize Ben's talents. Well, here's we my did. thing: is he's our best passer, so give him the basketball and let him make passes. <laughs> Listen, you're never going to hear me complain about Ben Simmons. It's never outside of the three pointer thing. That's the only criticism I'll ever have. Everything else about Ben, I, I love. It's I really do I, too. He's he's the guy where the the, the new conversation is the. Uh, which one? Which guy would you stick with? Would you stick with Embiid or would you stick with Simmons? That's the 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 buzz on the well, internet. That's media bullshit. Well, yeah, I know, but and, and I don't. I think they stick with both. I don't yeah, think that's. A, I don't think that's a thing that's going to happen. Um, but I, I, I mean, I think the choice is obvious. I think the choice is obvious who you stick with, and it's not the seven foot guy that can't stay on the court at 100% for most of it because of a staff Sorry, issue. which one of the seven-foot well, guys that can't stay point. on the court are you talking about <laughs> that's right That's a now? good point. You have Glass, <laughs> Ben, and Tired Joel, so I don't know. It's I don't know which is which. And I love the guys that are like, well, he went for 40 and 17. Yeah, we lost by 15. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't really Joel, care. Joel had the offense on his back. That was just a bad, bad game. Bad, bad series. I saw a really disturbing tweet in... Uh, it was somebody said it was something like you know we cut back to a couple of years ago the Sixers lose four one in a series to Boston then they spend three hundred million dollars trade all their assets and then lose four nothing. <laughs> that's that's I thought you were gonna bring up the the uh, Joel Embiid was the series worst minus fifty three and you know I'm not I'm not a plus minus guy it's a hockey stat it's not a basketball stat yeah um to me but that's it's embarrassingly bad uh but I agree we've. We have handcuffed this franchise and basically wasted the prime of these guys' career. Maybe not Ben so much, mm. but Joel, he's a bigger guy. He's going to break down sooner than your your typical wings and things like that. It's just a factor of how, you know, the physical nature of basketball, the physical nature of going up and down the court and all the miles on the body. He does have the advantage because he didn't, you know, he started playing basketball late later in life, yeah. but it's, And he missed two seasons. Yeah, well, it's yeah. So, so there is there is definitely he's definitely got a little more tread than than your typical big man. But uh, it it does it does start to concern me that we've sort of wasted everything that that we tried to build. Well, okay. So they fire Brett Brown. Uh, thank you to everything Brett did for the for uh, Brett for everything he did for the team. I genuinely said this a million times to a million people, but I, I wish Andy Reid levels of success for him wherever it is he goes. I personally think Brett Brown could be a Rick Pitino, John Calipari level college coach. I think that's what he's perfect for. I think if you put this guy in a recruit's living room, that guy's going to sign. I think he's going to do well to maximize talent and turn these guys into young men. I would love to see him coaching a college team. Uh, but obviously, I think he's going to try uh, try his hand in the NBA a little bit more before that happens. The Nets and Bulls have been brought up. That brings us to the front office, which we've seen, you know, at best half measures. There's going to be some moves made allegedly, but Elton Brand will now have more power than he's had before, which seems like basically none. <laughs> although I can't believe that he wasn't in part responsible for that Al Horford signing. So that concerns me. Uh, Brand has come out and said, look, I'm going to talk to Joel and Ben, and my goal is to build player, uh, build a team around them. He did not mention Tobias Harris. Hmm, that's interesting. I mean, when you're when he's your max guy who shows up literally so small in the playoffs, uh, I don't know what I, I don't. He doesn't thought, shock though. me. I, I'm Joe, 
Toby fought. He never quit. Look, he didn't play well. There's no question about that. But he never quit. And uh, all the credit. Are giving out awards for not quitting? Like, I don't don't understand. Greg, you haven't quit this podcast, and I'm close to giving you your first point. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) you ruined that by talking about it. Uh, It may never come. But, I mean, to, to take a fall like he took and then to jump right back into it, like, you give him credit for that. Yeah, that's absolutely that's absolutely fine, but it doesn't make up for the fact that he was invisible for the first three games, and not just invisible, yeah. like terribly invisible. Like yeah. the the ball goes there, you shoot three of seventeen from the field consistently. I, I get it, man. Like it was a, it was a scary fall, it was a scary situation. He ended up coming back in while still, you know, clearly clearly damaged uh, to to his eye, and and I get that. That's great. It doesn't. It doesn't give him an excuse for the first three games of the series. Mm. It just doesn't. I don't. And disagree. really, the bubble in general. Like he yeah. was not good in the bubble. I don't disagree with you. And I've said this, but I I firmly believe that Tobias and Josh are just not guys who were made to be fourth or fifth options. To have success, they need to have the ball in their hand. They don't know how to stand around and wait. That's why we see so much stagnant offense. That's why we see so much guys standing in the corner. These are people who are used to playing with the basketball, and that's the problem you run into when you start trying to put all these quote-unquote stars together is throughout their entire lives, these quote-unquote stars have had the basketball in their hands. Yeah, no, absolutely. They, they've uh, Tobias was the best player on bad teams consistently throughout his career before coming here. Like, that's, yeah. that's pretty obvious. Uh, offenses ran through him. Teams weren't that good. Or at least they didn't win, but he put up numbers. He got here, and it, it, it became it, – it's become, uh, you know, if he doesn't have the ball and trying to create, nothing happens. And it's the same thing with Richardson. Uh, I, I just – I hate the, the Sixers fans that go – that, that retroactively go like I never liked these moves. That's um, crazy. Yeah, you, know, you know, I I remember voicing concern about giving up Shamit in the Tobias Harris deal, but outside of that, I was like, whatever, we're going for it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people that then sit around and be like, this is, I can't believe we would have ever thought this was a good idea. Al Horford, what were we thinking? Well, that we was thinking- that was kind of dumb. Uh, it, dumb or not, it was not something that was met with a vast amount of criticism like it has been since we watched the season play out. That's I'm not sure that that's stand. true. Uh, a lot of people were very against. You're right. The people who say, who say, oh, I was pissed off about the Jimmy Butler trade or pissed off about the Tobias Harris trade, flat out bullshit. Almost certainly, if we could rewind back to those people at that point in their lives, they were talking about how great this move was and how this was the move that was going to put us over the top and win us a championship. Big four. Big four, Chris. And, and, well, and and JJ. But the Al Horford move, there were a lot more, there was a lot more rumbling of, what are they thinking? They just, they just paid that $108 million to a 32, 33 year old center? Like that, what? It's like, it would be like, you know, drafting a quarterback in the second round if you already have an incumbent quarterback who you consider the future of your franchise. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, <laughs> a bizarre, it's a bizarre decision, to say the least. Um, oh, God. Now, now you've upset me in that realm. I'm, no, I'm I, liked, I actually like the Jalen Hurts pick, for the record. But, uh, I'm, I'm all over the place with emotions here. If the Flyers could just – the Flyers will center me back. If mm-hmm. they can come out and get a dub tomorrow at 3 o'clock – I will be back and centered and have faith in Philadelphia sports. Until then, if they lose, we're talking DEFCON 5. I, I just, 
I, I will be beside myself. You, you can't lose both games at home in a series uh, in the NHL playoffs to start it off. You just can't do it. Okay, well, let's let's tie up this Brett Brown thing before we go to a break because we are now without a head coach. There are a lot of names that have been thrown around. The The most common are Dave Jorger, Ty Lue, uh, Ime Adoko, and Jay Wright. Who do you think it's going to be? Who do you think it should be? I mean, who do I think it should be? Yeah. I think it should be... It should be Jay Wright, but it's not going to be. Uh, yeah. I don't think I don't think you can ever lure him out of the position that he's in. You're, I, I think you're very wrong. He, Jay Wright, <sighs> Jay Wright has said numerous times the only NBA team he would leave for is the 76ers. However, I think if you make the offer two years ago, it's a hell of a lot more appealing than it is right now to him because uh, his system, which is by the way perfect for the NBA right now does not fit the roster as currently constructed. No, it would be a nightmare. You don't have anybody who can shoot from the outside. And and, you, and you nobody know, who moves off the ball. Yeah, and you know Nova. They're, they're, they're the kings of outside shooting. The three, the, they live and die by the three. That's, yeah. that's And you know. that sounds a lot like the modern-day NBA to me. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does, which is weird that we didn't figure that out and we just built around a center uh, like it's 1994 and Hakeem's wow. going to appear. Um, well, that that center just happens to be one of the best players in basketball who fell into your lap. So I'm not going to complain about that. But Sure, but it, it, listen, there's a lot of superstars who are the best players in basketball that don't bring you championships. And I, I think at this point with the way the NBA is trending and how, how the game works right now, I don't think you can win where the center is your best player. I just don't. I think you can win with the center as your best player if you also have – a secondary guy, a secondary bucket getter in the half court. And this goes back to exactly what Markel Fultz was supposed to be. That was supposed to be his role. He was a three-level scorer. He was the guy who could average 25 at his peak. He could get a shot whenever he wants. He can get to the hoop. He can shoot from outside. And then he got traded for Jonathan Simmons. <laughs> yeah, not not great. But can you <laughs> can you tell me who the uh who the last the last NBA team to win with their center was their best player? Because I, I, the names I come up with are, are decades old. I mean, I have to look at champions. Uh, I, I don't know. when. Well the, well, the Spurs are the first team to come to mind, but obviously that was a while ago. Uh, right, but and, Duncan wasn't their best player at that point, and he was listed as a power forward. Oh, stop it. I'm just, he wasn't. Kawhi was, the, Kawhi was their best player at that point, and he had emerged as their best player in that, okay. that title. All right, Raptors last year, that was Kawhi. Warriors, the previous two, obviously, that was the trio. Uh, Cleveland before that was LeBron. Golden State before that was the duo. San Antonio before that, uh, sure, we'll say Kawhi was finals MVP, so fair enough. But, you know, also that Tim Duncan guy was pretty darn good still. Yes, very, very good. The Miami Heat before that was LeBron. The Mavericks was Dirk. That's kind of the same thing. He was a Wasn't big Wasn't he guy. lining up next to like Eric Dampier? I mean, there was other it guys. Was, on it was Tyson team. Chandler. Okay. But he wasn't. He is, in fact, the seven-footer. Uh, <laughs> the uh, The Lakers before that was, was Kobe. And Lakers Powell. before that was Kobe. Yeah. Uh, Boston before that was Paul Pierce and KG. How about KG? I, all right. I'll give you maybe with KG and maybe. and unquestionably the Spurs in 2007 with Duncan 
that's fine. Okay, so 2007. That's th- and even if 2008, I'm giving you Boston and KG. It was 12 years ago when it really when when that was the the, the realest of real situations. It's it, it's it bothers me that we're wasting all this time with Ben Simmons when we have Embiid to build around, and that's not what the NBA is anymore. It just okay. isn't. I, I don't I don't I want to I don't want to get off track here because we're going to talk more about that fit in the second block, but. Coaches, ah yes. Who do you think it's gonna be? Oh, I think it's gonna be Ty Lue. So I think I. that's exactly where they're gonna go with it because he won a championship before. He knows how to coach these guys. He's not gonna take any any shit from anybody. That's the one thing that I do like is he's he's not gonna listen. He's not gonna let people just do what they want. He is, he's gonna get in people's faces, but. You know, it is Tyler and Tyler in Philadelphia is just weird for me. <laughs> well, that's definitely weird, but it is strange. It is strange that it keep, every time that they lose, it comes back to this weird conversation about accountability and mm. the locker room guys not being held accountable for things. Like, what was going on in this locker room where guys needed to be held accountable? Like, guys what need to be held it? accountable on every single team. Make no mistake about that. This was like. Look, I like Brett Brown, but that's not his personality. It and he he just let guys walk all over him. He let the inmates run the asylum. And if you give NBA players like that the power to do what they want, they're probably going to do what they want. They're going to probably going to tune you out. And that was never more evident than I believe it was game 4. I don't remember how much time was left, but uh, Joel picks up his fifth foul. Brett Brown calls Al Horford over to the table and Joel flat out waves him off and stays in the game. Well, it's because it's because we've given we we've treated Joel like a superstar and don't get me wrong his talent certainly so accountability that, is but, what I'm hearing. But his success doesn't give you doesn't give you the right to do something like that. Of course it, it doesn't, doesn't, but it was allowed. Nothing in and, the NBA. W- and with Ty Lue, it's not going to be allowed. With that said, I've I've stood by this the whole time. Chris Beard's my choice, but it seems like we're not even going to interview him. One thing that does complicate things for uh, hiring a Jay Wright or a Chris Beard this year, we don't know what the college season looks like. You know, no. there there is a chance. You know, I don't, I don't. Jay Be- Jay Beard, uh, that's a great coach, by the way. Jay Wright uh, is a very, very loyal guy. I don't think he's going to leave Villanova if he thinks there's basketball in two and a half months. Yeah, I mean, he's got a, a prime roster coming back, an excellent recruiting class as usual. And, I mean, Villanova's now become a team that's always in the hunt. It's yep. always Pre-season in the number conversation. one on a lot of poll- yeah. polls. So we're excited about that. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. Ty Lue, the next Philadelphia 76ers coach, for, for better or worse. Let's, mm-hmm. let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Chris, and did someone say playoffs? The NBA and the NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA playoff bracket contest that gives you more chances to win. And I don't have to tell you this, more is better. But it's not just basketball and hockey. Major League Baseball continues to push through the summer, and there is no shortage of ways to get in on the action, as Bet Online has hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. So take advantage of every sport and remember the casino never closes. It's always there for you to check out and enjoy. So head over to the website at betonline.ag today and do not forget that promo code podcast1 so you receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
Hey guys, it's Chris and this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why is brought to you by Fastic. I can tell you with 100% honesty that there are few apps more important to my day than Fastic. I'm a fan of intermittent fasting. You know that, I've been doing it my entire life before I even knew what the name was. And Fastic has not only made it easier, but also way more enjoyable. We're all busy people and just getting the notifications of when I should be doing certain things is so helpful. One of the things that I've been really into are the recipes. They give a recipe of the day, but there's also a giant catalog. And with a lot of these things, it's not like you're eating healthy, it's more like you're getting to eat these things. They're a treat for us. For breakfast, I had some incredible loaded banana and carrot breakfast muffins. Oh my god, so good. Lunch was pan sheet meatballs with a walnut sauce. And for dinner, roasted salmon with a wild garlic salsa verde. Come on. This is eating healthy. And I wouldn't be doing any of it without Fastic. These guys have 25 years of experience in the fasting space, and I just cannot recommend you downloading the app today enough. The Fastic app is available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can download it for free today. You should do it. Treat yourself. All right, Greg, we're back, and uh, I told you we would continue to talk about the fit here in Philadelphia. I saw an ESPN article today that uh, put forth some potential trades, and I'd like to get your thoughts on them. And I know uh, neither one of us is particularly interested in trading Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons is going to be the name Mm -hmm. that gets bandied about constantly in trades, two of them here. Uh, And this first one... ESPN suggests that the Philadelphia 76ers trade Ben Simmons to the Minnesota Timberwolves for the number one overall pick, the number 17 pick, Jarrett Culver, who was last year's number six pick, Josh Okoge, and James Johnson. I'm going to tweak this a little bit because we're talking about Ben Simmons, and I'm going to substitute Malik Beasley for Josh Okoge. So you get another three-point shooting two-guard. Give me your thoughts. It's not worth it in this year's draft with so many unknowns. You're drafting no- Lamelo for the record. Oh, of course, but it, it's and that's an unknown of all unknowns. You know, he's a guy who has been overseas for for multiple seasons now. At this point, you don't know what his development really has looked like, and it's that would be to to risk a guy who's really coming into his his own in the league he was an all-star mm-hmm. you know i i don't think it's worth it cool you get three first round picks in a draft that's really not that you deep. get two first two first round picks but well still. you get two but you'd have your own yeah that's true we kept so it's, it's okay just- i i disagree with what you're saying right there I do think the draft is relatively deep. I do not think the draft is top heavy, which is an argument against the number one overall pick. We don't draft well. Uh, I think that's pretty when, obvious. Uh, how is that obvious? Look, the last two picks the Sixers have made have been Landry Shamet and and Matisse Thybul. Uh, okay, all right. Uh, I, those mid those mid first round picks don't really ever work out for us. And you're talking about Shamet, who was what? Late second round, or not late second no, round, but both, early second round. Both, both in the top, like I think they were like 20, 20 and twenty two respectively. Okay, yeah. Well, number one picks don't usually work out for us, but that's fine. Well, you'd be uh, trading one here. <laughs> that's true. It's a good point. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I can't, I can't envision a world where I give up Ben Simmons for that. I just can't. For the record, this is the one trade that kind of interests me a little bit. I probably don't do it. But it does, it does kind of interest me because I am fascinated with LaMelo Ball. I, I think 
there is franchise point guard talent there if some things can be worked out. Uh, Jarrett Culver is a guy who I comp to Jimmy Butler coming in, and I, I still think that's fairly accurate. And Malik Beasley really figured things out in Minnesota last year, shot 42% from three, and is kind of a perfect complement to uh, to Joel. Plus that 17, um, I would be interested. I probably don't do it, but I would be interested. Here I would is, be furious. I wouldn't be. <laughs> I, I would... I, it would make things really interesting, but you would also have to make that would have to be one of three or four trades that's made. You can't just make that trade and say, "Okay, we're done." You still have to you still have to try and move Horford, and you almost certainly have to try to move Tobias and Richardson at this point. So, we cap shall see. space, Chris. Cap space. Oh, we shall see. Um, number trade number two. Philadelphia trades Ben Simmons to Golden State. For the number two overall pick, again, you potentially get LaMelo or maybe Anthony Edwards. Uh, the 2020, 2021 first-round pick from Minnesota, which is top three protected, and, oh, God, Andrew Wiggins. Well, we finally went winless for Wiggins. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that's that's actually like, just like a slap in the face. Do you like, buy, so like... you don't buy the development of Andrew Wiggins over the past couple of seasons? Listen, I still think Andrew Wiggins is better than Robert Covington. I, that's not the point here. I um, that's uh, I, I I. There's a problem with Wiggins, however. It seems like he's never fully there. There are times where he seems like he's he's aloof mm-hmm. in the game, and that that bothers me. If you're going to give up a guy who doesn't play that way, and again, you're you're taking crapshoots with this draft and then the next draft. Yeah. I mean, luckily it would be the Timberwolves pick that you'd be getting, and not. And not the Golden um, States. Yeah, because the Golden State one's going to be in like Oh Golden State one. wins very well win, uh, very well could win a championship with this. Yeah. They'd have one of the most fascinating lineups in all of basketball history with uh, Ben Simmons and Draymond on the court at the same time defensively. Yeah, it would be it would be insane um to do something like this. And and to be to be quite honest, who knows what Minnesota does with that one pick? Obviously yeah. you hear all the Booker rumors, like there's there's no, there's stop a lot it. There going is, on. The, uh, the worst thing, okay, and I will say this, the worst thing that happened to Minnesota is Devin Booker flat out blew up in the bubble because oh, yeah. they wanted nothing more. He, D'Angelo Russell, and Carl Anthony Towns are very, very, very close friends, and they've wanted nothing more since they picked up Russell, and I think we've even talked about this on the show before, than to complete that trio by adding Booker. They just don't have the, they don't have the material to do so right now, and... uh and also, Phoenix would just have no no interest in trading a guy who was that good and that young unless he says, hey, I want to be traded. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I think that the bubble hurt any ideas of Booker ever actually getting traded. Yeah. But it's a rumor that you, you saw immediately. I mean, you saw it before, the number one pick. But people people definitely were like, oh, this cements it. This is how they're going to get Devin Booker. Yeah, by the way, not the cleanest fit. All of a sudden, you have two two guards in that lineup and no point guard. But you, yeah, you, you make up, that you try and make that talent work. We we talked about it last week with how how much Booker benefited from having Ricky Rubio, a true point guard, mm-hmm. you know, in the lineup next to him. If you don't have that with those those other guys, it's going to be tough for for Booker to continue to recreate kind of what he did at the end of this year. Right, you go back to D'Angelo Russell, all of a sudden has to be the primary point guard. And Devin Booker certainly handles the ball a lot, but I don't love either one of those guys as the primary initiator in my offense. So I think we're both agreed that it's going to be a hard no to that Golden State deal. Yes, 
All right, the last trade the, uh, that ESPN proposes here, Philadelphia 76ers trade Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, the number 21 pick, and a 2020 first-round lottery-protected pick to Sacramento for Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, and the number 12 pick. Yes. Absolutely, yes. I, mean, I think I would be inclined to. Richardson has a lot of value. He is He put up numbers, and his contract is spectacular. But, yeah, I think I'd what, be inclined to say yes as well. But what you're getting there is Barnes, a guy who knew how to be a piece on a championship team when he had his run with the Warriors. And is now um, a much better shooter. Yeah, and you talk about Heald. Heald's a guy that on any given night can go out and hit five threes off the bench. Like it's, right. you know, Or in this that, case, that, our starting lineup. That yeah, well, true. <laughs> that's but that's a that's a no brainer for me. It gets you off of, it gets you off of the Tobias contract, which at least gives you some semblance of, of life from a cap perspective. I, 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 as much as I hate to see Richardson go, even though he frustrated me for parts of the season, I think it's something you kind of have to do in that situation. Yeah, this makes things really interesting because all of a sudden you're talking about Simmons. Uh, Simmons, Barnes, uh, what's his name, Heald, and question mark, and Embiid in the starting lineup. And even Barnes could play small ball four. So it it opens up a lot of possibilities that didn't exist before. Because people forget Harrison Barnes is basically the exact same size as Tobias Harris, who we all say is is a four, not a three. Barnes just happens to be much better defensively than Harris. That's It's real interesting. And you get to move up a little bit in the draft this year. Uh, I don't, you know, if if Jay Wright were the coach, I would say a guy like Sadiq Bey might be the target there. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm not a thousand percent sure what direction they go. If it's if it's me and I've said this a million times before and I kind of joked around about this on on Twitter, but I, I firmly believe it. If I am picking number five in this draft and the top four of Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball and, and Denia uh, Avidia. Oh, God damn it! I just figured out. I just pr- figured out how to pronounce his name, and now I've now I've gotten rid of it. Ad Adiva, Denny Adiva, bullshit. I don't know. Denny uh, from from Maccabi Tel Aviv. Uh, if they're gone, this that's driving me crazy. Like you don't even Adia? No, Avdia. Denny Avdia. Yeah, that sounds about right. But I could be wrong. I'll give it so, to you. So take nothing from what I'm saying seriously here. Uh, if those guys are gone, the player who interests me and maybe the only player who really interests me as a potential superstar level player uh, is Alexev Poku, uh, Pokusevsky, uh, the, the, the uh, Olympiakos power forward. Now, we're talking about a guy who is rail thin at 7 foot 7 one, 200 pounds, but 7 7'3", 7'4", wingspan and if everything works out for him, by the way, he's a baby right now. He's only about 18 and a half. Everything works out for him. He's legitimately Porzingis with a handle and passing abilities. Now there's like a, you know, 30% chance that he hits that ceiling. Maybe, maybe not even that high. But even if he gets close, I think he has the most superstar potential of anybody in this draft. And he would probably be my pick. Well, you know what happens with the Sixers and guys of superstar potential. We we traded they, for the next Kawhi. They reach it. No, they they reach um, it and they become Ben Simmons and do. Joel Embiid. Mm, some of them do. Some of them become Jaleel Okafor and yeah. Markel Fultz. Well, they got. And, th- I will. Li- I will forever believe the 76ers were just as surprised as I was 
when the Los Angeles Lakers took D'Angelo Russell number two over Jalil Okafor, who everyone thought the Lakers were taking. I agree. Yeah, I remember sitting there draft night being completely shocked that this is where we ended up. But what are you going to do? It's it's a it's a it's a and bizarre road this franchise has taken. Don't forget, uh, Slam and Sam Hankey wanted to take Porzingis, but was overruled by management. Just because Porzingis said he didn't want to come to Philly. It's fine. Who gives a shit if he doesn't want to come to Philly? At the end, what's ironic is at the end of the day, he's the perfect fit and he would have been the happiest because <laughs> he wouldn't have had to play center. Yeah, it would have worked out perfectly. But uh it's not the way uh not the way things break. So nope. I think we agree that we're all we're trying to get rid of who do you okay, on this roster right now, as currently constructed, who do you keep? Ben and Joel. Mm-hmm. That's obvious, I think. I would love I would love to try and keep I would love to try and keep Richardson, but I don't think you're able to. I I don't think you should, quite frankly. Sure, that's fine. I still think he provides enough on the on the defensive end that we'd be that that we could use it. He didn't have the greatest shooting uh, season, but that's that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. I think he's better than he played. I think it was getting used to a new system, but even though I don't think there was an actual system ever, there wasn't. It was just high pick and rolls. Um, uh, man, from the bench, ugh, uh, obviously you have to keep Matisse. Mm-hmm. Um, and list. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, there's nobody else that that really. There's, then that's been the problem with the Sixers for the past few years is there's there hasn't been anything about a second unit that ever is inspiring, like ever. And I guess you could say the Ilyasova Bellinelli year, like you're yeah. like, all right, at least we have some guys who can come in and create some offense. You know, like Burks is Burks is what it is is what he is. Like he provided some flashes of offense. Um, I don't think Glenn Robinson the third wants to play for the Sixers. He doesn't. So, he flat out yeah. doesn't. He, um, he said himself that he didn't know what his role was when he got here and he was unhappy with it. Yeah, I remember that being like a like a six games into him being here. It was like he's already complaining about what's going on, which is fine. I mean, it's, you don't, I, I think there was more going on with everything, so I'm not surprised he didn't mm-hmm. know uh, what, what he was supposed to do. Outside of that, like, Furkan, like, no, no thanks. I've seen enough. Yeah. Um, Shake is really cheap, but that also makes him an interesting trade piece. Yeah, like, I, you know, Shake's probably the only other guy I can think of. Like, Neto, peace, oh, dude. Mike not, Scott, yeah. bye. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think Shake, Shake, Matisse, and that's that's kind of... Uh, it's maybe Burks. That's kind of it, you know? I would like to keep Burks, and I would like to have him know, like, look, you're the sixth man on this team. You are going to be the sixth man every single game. You will come in. You will get your, you know, 25 minutes. Your your role is to score the basketball. Go. And I think he'll do a great job at that. Hey, just kind of put him in the Lou Will role. It's exactly what you ask him to do. But instead, they're like, oh, Today, you're a backup point guard, and also, there's four guys coming off the bench before you. What? Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't, the rotations have never made sense, and it just, it was, it, it was a problem that compounded itself as injuries happened, and, and uh, frankly, no weapons. You had no weapons off the bench ever, and you've had, you haven't had weapons, honestly. For, for the majority of the, the Brett Brown era, you have not had 
anything outside of your starting five that could do literally anything on the basketball court that, that really mattered? Well, <laughs> you know, I'm sure by now we have all seen that, uh, that relatively uh, popular tweet that talks about what would have happened if the 76ers would have done absolutely nothing but re-sign their own players uh, starting in 2018. The starting lineup would be, I assume that it's probably going to be uh, Embiid, Simmons, J.J. Redick, Robert Covington, and Michael Bridges. On the bench, Landry Shamet, Shake Milton, Dario Saric, Furkan, Rashawn Holmes, Lawawu Cabarro, and Markel Fultz. And you have $18 million in cap space, plus whoever you took in the draft this year. So add Matisse to that list. It's like the most depressing thing I've ever heard in my life. All we had to do is not do anything, and sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. This is this is what happens when overthinking comes into mm-hmm. everything. You know, you listen you listen to the media chirp about what you need and what you don't need, and and you need to add a superstar. Three superstars win games. You go star hunting. LeBron comes. This kid looks at Malvern Prep. Like it, you oh, know what God. I mean? That that fake rumor. Um, I don't think it, I don't think it was a fake rumor. I'm pretty sure they actually did look at the school. But uh, but for that with that said, I, I will forever remember. I was in. I was in a Trader Joe's in Walnut Creek, California, and a tweet came over my phone saying ES, from ESPN saying the 76ers are, compl- are confident they can add Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James this summer. Oh, God. <laughs> and we, we all believed it could happen. Yeah, because you thought that people actually wanted to come play here. And yeah. in reality, no. You ended up with uh, Mike Scott and Raul Neto. Howl Neto put some put some uh, respect. My on apologies, Howl Neto. Howl Neto, uh, yeah. So, whatever. Also, I mean, as the 76ers season ends, we also say uh, goodbye forever to Serena Winters. As the 76ers have announced, they're going to be going without uh, side by uh, the uh, sideline reporters moving forward. Yeah, I don't understand this. It's like all of NBC SN, uh, like they're removing all sidelines reporters uh, yeah. from. All the sports. It's a it's a bizarre move that I don't really know if I agree with. Yeah, but, she kind uh, of annoyed me a little at the start, but I came to like she seemed to genuinely like what she was doing, and like I I was like, all right, I'm okay with Serena Winters by the end. Yeah, man, I think she I think she did a perfectly perfectly fine job. I, I don't know, you know, uh, you can only get so much out of sideline reporters. Right. As a matter of fact, she was supposed to come on one of our shows right before the uh, the the league shut down and then her representation said no because the league had shut down. Well, now I'm even madder about it. And now it's definitely never going to happen. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, Serena. Uh, what a disappointment. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? She did a good job. I hope I, uh, I'm sure she'll find work, but yeah, I think that's going to be it for this, <laughs> this episode complaining about what's going on in Philadelphia for, <laughs> for Greg Cronin, Chris Hordell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>